Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your children, and your partner. We are going to give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. This is Felicia Allen. I am a social media marketer, writer, and a mom to three boys, ages four, two, and one. And I'm Tara Lynn Griffin, an English professor turned stay-at-home mom to four kids, ages 10, eight, five, and two. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you, our awesome listeners. Let's find the magic together. Hey, everybody, it's Felicia. So today we are without Tara Lynn and she, so she's having a little family emergency going on this week. And so I'm recording alone today and it does feel weird, I'll admit, sitting with myself in this empty room. <laughs> but hopefully I can do this episode justice without her brilliance. But so today we, I'm, we, automatic. I'm going to answer some listener questions. We have had so many good ones and um, I hope I can touch on a couple that are similar to other ones we've gotten so we um, cross off a few off the list. But first I'm going to give the face palm and the high five. And of course the face palm is that Terilyn isn't here. We'll end it with that. Can't get worse. And um my high five is a little bit of a story. So Cohen, my oldest, is almost five. And lately he, um, when I say lately, <clears throat> probably in the last two weeks, he's been going through a very, uh, what's the right word? Emotionally intense period. Um, he has been getting touched off really easy. And um, if I try to have a rule or enforce something um he'll you know turn into like you're mean his favorite you're a baby or pretend like he's going to hit me or whatever which is <clears throat> a lot of that is rare now that he's this age so it's it's been really interesting for me to observe and just wonder like what's going on so um I really try to stay out of my ego that would have had me feel like one of two ways. What's wrong with him? He needs to fix this attitude, which he does, but um, I wanted to see it not in a blaming way. And or I could have gone into my ego and blamed it on myself, my parenting. What's going, what am I doing wrong? Like how am I feeling as a parent? So I tried to um, just get present with his big emotions and really see, man, what could this be about for him and not try to fix it? So <clears throat> it took a few days of these little instances happening. And when they would happen, I would just stop him, his hands, if he was trying to like freak out and have a little tantrum and just say, you know, I'm not going to let you hit me. And a lot of times I'll say, can I help you? Do you want to talk about what you're feeling? And um, he wasn't. So his classic move is to just cover up his ears. Like, I'm not going to listen to you when you're trying to therapy session me. So it was fine. A few days of, of that. And really, I didn't think there was any progress. It was just kind of still happening. And so then 
in a moment of peace where none of this was happening, I just asked him, you know, like, what? what's been going on? I've noticed you've been acting a little bit different these last few days. And he all of a sudden says, um, yeah, it's because you don't play with me enough. <laughs> and it's interesting because <clears throat> he hadn't asked me to play with him more or, you know, it, I was really unaware of this. It was coming out in this big emotion. And I think that happens a lot with our kids, they're going through a transition of maybe they've moved houses, they have a new baby, maybe you're pregnant and they're feeling they're feeding off your low energy, all those different things. Um, and so then the key here is when you do have this kind of a breakthrough where you realize something with your kid, the key for me is instead of, again, trying to fix it, I'm definitely more of a fixer personality. So it's like one of two ways defending it like, yes, I do. I play with you all the time. We just did this. We did that, blah, blah, blah. Um, so there's there's that route, which even if you play with them every second of every day, they're still having that feeling. So defending your agenda doesn't necessarily help them. If that makes sense? <clears throat> so instead of going into that or overcompensating, um, so I could be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, Da -da, let's go play. Let's do this, do that, buy your toy, jump on the tramp, do all this stuff. Um, I think the key, because that wouldn't have been genuine, right? So I don't play with my kids all day, every day. That's just not my personality. So if I had then been like a full you know, week of just like, let me play with you every single second that you want me to, it wouldn't have been genuine. And then there would have been another hard transition. So in that moment, I just tried to acknowledge how he felt. Wow you don't think I've been playing with you that much lately and you want me to play with you more. Not trying to fix it, not trying to change it, not trying to defend it. Um, <clears throat> and I think, so for Cohen being the oldest, and I'm sure you have other older siblings out there, I notice a lot too that um, as an older brother, he, he'll he get to these points of, he'll say to me, mom, it's so hard to be the biggest brother because there's a lot more responsibility. I have to do a lot more stuff on my own. Okay, so it was kind of that all wrapped into one. And I just acknowledged that he was feeling that. He wanted to play with me more. Maybe he was feeling a little too much responsibility on his plate. And I just acknowledged it. And now that I know that, um, I can be a lot more aware of if I do have present moments with him that I can engage in play, that I'm happy to. But I think the key is that we... A lot of times we try to fix what's going on with our kids um, when maybe all they need is an acknowledgement and it gives them that power to kind of work through it on their own. So that was my high five. The last few days he's been tons better and I, I really didn't do anything differently besides acknowledge his feeling in that time. <clears throat> okay, so we're going to answer some listener questions here and a couple of them are related or I've condensed them because they're kind of asking the same question so I hope they're helpful. So the first um, set of questions was about sharing. So a couple details here. Uh, this listener says my oldest who's about three is snatching toys out of his brother's hands who's 10 months and it drives me nuts. Help. Um, any of us who've had a toddler and a baby 
totally get this dynamic. It's pretty classic. So the first thing I want to say about this one here is um, it's totally normal. This three-year-old has this new baby come into their life. And especially if it's this is kids one and two, they've never really had to share. And so first I would say accepting that for your three-year-old, knowing um, now he has this little <laughs> human crawling around his house playing with all the toys that has have previously only been his and he's never had to share with anyone. Um, so just acknowledging that for him. So maybe in, in those moments or maybe in a, a quiet time you have alone with him just to say, it's really hard to be the big brother. It's really hard to share all of your toys that were yours um, and kind of setting the boundaries around that when it's not in the moment. So in our house, now when our kids are little, we like all the toys are everybody's toys. So once we had more than one kid and the second kid started to want those things, we kind of had to set that boundary with everybody. Um, so all the toys are everybody's toys. It's kind of who's playing with it in that moment. Um, <clears throat> so then what I would do in this exact situation, so the three-year-old goes over and takes the toy out of um, the baby's hand. So first I would pause. And I know we talk about the pause a lot, but I think it's super important because these little interactions that these babies and toddlers and kids are having um, are super important to their development of social skills. So when he takes it out of the baby's hand, I would just pause before I go over and assume that the baby is going to be sad or the baby really wants that toy. And I know that sounds um, a little lenient maybe or lax, but first pause because <clears throat> you never know. Maybe the baby is just going to look at the brother and think, oh, he's silly. He's playing with me. You know, there's the baby maybe isn't even in distress. So if you can first be actually aware of what's going on. So the older one snatches the baby's toy. And I've seen a lot with my kids where then the baby just turns around and grabs something, something else off the ground. Um, and I think it's important, and we'll go into on the next question, to teach you don't want to teach your kids to just snatch stuff out of the people's hands. And we do want to teach them to share. But this is, again, a social interaction. I've seen it turn into a little game between them where then they're like handing it back and forth or throwing a ball. So first pause and don't assume something from your adult brain before you, you see what it is. Okay, so he snatches it and you can tell the baby starts crying. The baby really wants the toy. So at this point, I would walk over calmly and say something like, and obviously you've got to be genuine to yourself, but to the three-year-old, wow, you really want that toy. And to the baby, you also want the toy. And then whatever your boundary is. So for me, it would be, I can't let you just take, you know, I won't let you just take it out of the baby's hand. But can you think of a different solution? Empowering them to think of something else. So maybe he says, we'll take turns, we'll have it in five minutes, or I'll trade him for this, this toy or that toy. So empowering him to figure that out and, 
and come up with that solution on his own. Because at three, he should be able, most kids at three can see, oh, yeah, I could bring him this other truck. Or, you know, when he's done, I'll play play with it. And there's going to be times where they tantrum and you just acknowledge, you really want it. Yeah, you really want it. And you just keep him safe from taking it and acknowledge his emotions about it. Um, <clears throat> so to expand on this, another question that we had come in was, um, I'd love to hear about how you handle sharing both in your home between siblings and in social situations with other children. I feel like the concept of sharing is hammered into kids, but as adults, we don't share everything and it would be ridiculous to expect us to. I know I want my daughter to be generous and know how to play nicely with other kids. Um, sharing and inclusivity is a big part of that, right? But the idea that she has to share what is hers to be accepted or is expected to give something up to another child that wants to play with it doesn't really align with how things go as an adult. How do you find that balance and help develop those social skills? So again, with what we talked about before, the key here is to pause and to... Um, not be involved as much as you can. Um, so I don't know how old this kid is. I think this kid is around three. Um, but I would definitely say, first and foremost, sibling interactions are the safe place to learn all those social situations that they're going to have with other kids out on the playground. Um, you have the same rules in your house. You're pretty much around so you can keep them safe. And so I would say um, when you're at home, let that pause be a little longer. And as long as you're keeping your kids safe from hurting and they're um, obeying your rules, let them kind of figure out those sharing situations on their own. Don't interject yourself with solutions. So if they are both really wanting a toy, I really try to just say, man, you both really want that toy. Can you think of a good solution? That's really only what I try to say in the situation because exactly, they are going to go out into the world and have to figure out these social situations on their own and figure out what kind of person they are when it comes to sharing in this kind of stuff. And if you've always solved it for them, um, they're going to be looking for you to solve it. So they're fighting over the toy you can say something like, man, you both really want that ball. And sometimes that's all I say. And after I say that, you know, one will run away with the ball and the other one will, you know, run after and then get distracted or run after and they start playing catch. And it's, it doesn't always look that pretty, but sometimes it does. Sometimes they're both, they're pulling, pulling, they both want the ball. And as long as there's no physical hurting by one or the other I try to let them solve just that problem on their own a lot of times with, with my kids they'll say something like he gets it for five minutes and then I get it for five minutes or I'll play with this truck and while well, he plays with that truck and then we'll switch um, and if you allow these ki your kids to come up with these solutions on their own a lot of times you or I think over time um you will have a lot less of this. It feels like in the toddler and baby years, it's constant, like, is it toy bag? Oh, let's do that. And when we're always commanding, so you can't take that toy. It's his toy. Hand it back to him. Or um, 
You're always taking toys, like you need to share, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Those kind of things, whatever your rules are, those kind of um, comments put it in the kid's head that, one, yeah, I just have to share everything all the time. I have no control. And I don't really know how to solve this situation at all because my mom always just tells me exactly what to do. So hopefully if you can let go a little bit of that control and let them solve the situations on their own a little bit more, um, then they'll be able to come up with solutions when you aren't there in the future. Okay, we're going to take a break and then we have a couple more questions after the break. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so we have two more questions, and I chose these questions because I feel like um, they're super relevant to parenting in general, and I have had these experiences with my kids, and so I think they're general parenting maladies. So uh, the first one is, I would love to hear you do a podcast on holding boundaries at bedtime and night wakings. Um, This is so hard for me. I have a two-year-old and an eight-month-old. The two-year-old is the most challenging. She will want a blanket adjusted, have a bad dream, stuff you will be misplaced, on and on. I want to be sensitive to her needs emotionally. I'm a full-time working mom, so I know part of it is that just releasing her emotions from the day, but I would love guidance, examples, and any advice. So I love this question. I'm not going to address the night wakings because I think um, that's like a personal... Thing. every kid is different and every baby is different and I feel like that's night wakings um, the only advice I can get is if you have kids or babies waking up at night look at their sleep during the day and their bedtimes and see if maybe those need adjusted but um, I'm just going to address the be- holding boundaries at bedtime and Two to three, I feel like, is this age where they start really pushing the boundaries with going to bed. And so a couple details here. So she says she's a full-time working mom. Um, So she's right. When she's gone all day and then she comes home, her kit, she's the most, you know, trusted, most uh, important part of the day and life for this kid. So yeah, she's probably been being good all day for the caretaker and now she's ready to release her emotions to the mom, which um, just gold star kudos, you recognize that. So 
once you know that, so in that time before bed, if you can, we can't do it every single day, but you're making that time and having that that present time with her. And again, we can't do that every day. And our kids are going to be fine if they don't have this like 25 story like back rub bedtime. Okay, they're going to be fine. But if you're recognizing that and you're coming in with that energy that you um, are here for her, you are seeing what she's feeling, you're seeing what she's going through, she's going to feel that. Okay, so you're coming in with that energy. And then set up your boundaries around bedtime before bedtime. So maybe it's a Saturday morning and you have a talk with her. Or maybe it's, you know, a couple hours before bed. Whatever your boundaries are with bedtime. So for at our house, it's, you know, we brush teeth, we say our prayers, we read you a book or tell a story. So for us, we either read a chapter of the book we're reading or... Um, my husband will tell a story. Um, so we have this very honed bedtime routine and we try, um, whether it's, what's the right word, whether they're acting out around bedtime or they're perfect around bedtime, we try to keep it pretty much the same. So it's kind of unconditional, like this is what we do every night at bedtime. And so when my kids ask for another story, another bring in my blanket, get me a drink of water, da da da, da. after I'm done with my bedtime, I just, I always say, um, I'm off now. Like, <laughs> I, I've been here all day and this is how much of my time I give at bedtime and now I'm done. So you can... You can be in here quietly awake, but I'm not going to be in here. So I feel like this age from two to three, um, actually my three-year-old is pretty, he went through this stage a couple weeks ago actually. And so I love this question where they just keep asking and coming out and what are they doing? They're pushing the boundary. They're trying to see how how far do I have to go before my parents are going to give in? And sorry, I'm adjusting, adjusting my chair. Sorry for that background noise. Um, so they take it and we talked about this with disciplining where your kid wants a cookie and they are going to amplify. I want the cookie. I really want the cookie. Oh, the cookie now, crying, tantrum, throw on the ground. And if when they get to level 10, that's when we give them the cookie, <laughs> they're always going to go to level 10. So my my best advice around the bedtime thing is set the boundary, hold the boundary calmly. And with this age, I find the thing that works the very best is if they're, I don't know if she's coming out or if she's just yelling for you, but I try to keep my verbal communication to a minimum. So when my toddler just keeps coming out, I just walk them back in, pretty much don't say anything. Walk them back in, walk them back in. And after a night of two, night or two of just walk back in, nonverbal, walk back in. And if they are asking for stuff, you know, I don't think if they if they are asking for a drink of water or whatever it is, I just try to be really calm whether or not I want to 
fulfill the request or not. I try not to let them or me take it to another level of drama. (laughs) Just respond and be kind of, really, I try not to say really anything. Maybe take them back in, love you, take them back in. And with both of my boys around this age, they've done this. And I would say one to four nights of just take them back in, take them back in, very calm, holding your boundary without letting it escalate, um, really has worked for us. So I hope that helps. And you're doing amazing. You're recognizing how she's feeling. And I think she'll feel that from you. Okay, so the next question. Um, can you address how to best love a needy baby? I have twin eight-month-old boys and one of them is so whiny needy and I'm struggling to give him the attention he wants, but also trying to make sure he can grow up able to be independent and happy. He always wants to be picked up and held and entertained, but I can't always do that, especially with twins. Amen. Okay, for a little more context, he cries and cries and cries and if he doesn't get his way and then he's all and then he's all happy as soon as I pick him up and give him attention. I want to make him happy by doing that for him, but I'm scared I'm making it so he won't be happy unless I'm constantly entertaining him. He was born premature and had bad colic until 6 months, so he's basically cried his whole life so far. <laughs> oh, I feel for you. Oh, that's so hard and twins. Whew. Okay, so um My advice on this one is similar in the fact that it's all about our boundaries. So babies, um, a lot of babies, especially around this age, of course, they see us and they want us and they're going to tell us. And how they communicate is through crying. And it's hard because a lot of times we feel like, well, if they're crying... Obviously, something's wrong and they're super distressed, but I don't think that's always the case. I think they they don't have words. And so if they want something, they're going to cry about it. So my advice here would be to acknowledge. So he starts crying and you say, I see you really want me to hold you. You're telling me you really want me to hold you. And in that, in that moment, if you're going to choose to hold him and you can, that's great. But if you are doing something that you want to complete or hold the boundary around, um, so say you're washing the dishes, you're making dinner, you're getting ready for the day, whatever your things are, I would just hold that boundary with him. So you're doing the dishes, he's at your feet crying, or maybe he's playing with something, he's trying to put a lid on and he's crying. Um, in that moment, just respond to his crying as if he's communicating to you, you know, that he wants something or needs something. So, wow, you really, um, want me to hold you or you're trying to figure out that and lid and it's really hard or whatever it is. So you're responding to his crying as if it's a verbal communication and then just hold your boundary. So I'm going to finish doing the dishes and then I can help you. And, Based on his temperament, he'll probably just keep crying. And especially for the first few times you do this, because he's used to your response to his his crying. And I would say start slow. So, you know, finish what you're doing a little faster the first few times. But I really think that um, 
after a couple times of you're not ignoring him, you're not mad at him for crying, you're not putting him in his crib and just letting him cry alone. You're there, you're acknowledging, man, you really want me to hold you. I can't, I need to finish the dishes and then I can hold you. And after a few times of feeling that energy from you of it's unconditional love, you're you're there for him, you're getting what he's going through, you're hearing him, but you're still gonna hold your boundary. I think that this... Um, will cool off a little bit. But come back and let us know if you try it. All right, guys. Well, it's been fun. We definitely benefit from having Terrilyn's wisdom here today. Um, I hope that this was helpful and keep submitting your questions to us. We we love getting them. So you can leave a review um, on our podcast page and we see all those questions and we'll answer them in a future episode. All right, let's find the magic, everybody. Me, 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 me. Brown cows.